Church, developing a culture of loving Christ and serving others. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the beautiful church that you have created. And we thank you for Northview Church and every single person here and their influence into this community. God, this is a serious job that we have and an exciting and fun thing that we get to be a part of what you're doing. This community has families that desperately need to hear the message of grace, of love, not on a, based on a performance, earning grace, but a God-given gift of grace. We need you, God, more than ever. Every day, help us to continue to look to you for strength and endurance in Jesus' name. Amen. As we um, are going through our seven words that change the way you worship, we are going through seven words. If this is your first time with us today, we are going through seven words of Hebrew. Uh, this is based off of a book called Holy Roar, and we're taking this in this challenge of what it means in Hebrew, what God is calling us to praise Him. We know that there are the, the English, English language lacks um, the translation that it needs for uh, word for word in the Hebrew. For example, there is five words in Hebrew that English only has for one word of love. We say love in multifaceted uh, way. We know what it means because we know that love, loving pizza is different than loving your wife. Um, but the Hebrew language actually spells it out just a little bit different, and there's five words to describe love. Same with praise. There are seven. So we're tackling the seven words of praise, what that looks like in Hebrew. We're actually going over the Hebrew words and seeing what praise looks like through the original text of the Hebrew words and diving in and taking each week to say, okay, we're going to praise God like this, like this, like this. In Scripture, it says to praise Him in this and this and this, and we're learning different principles of how to praise God. Have you been enjoying this series? Yeah, let me just say that. Just, just, just humor me. Have you been enjoying this series? Wow, you are jazzed up about this. This is good. Well, I've been really enjoying it, and if you've uh, uh, enjoyed this and you want this book, you can order this. It's on uh, Amazon, and you can get it for uh, about 10 bucks. But we're going to talk about today, the fourth word is ta-da. Say that with me, ta-da. Ta-da, almost like a magician. Ta-da, you know, something happened. But it's that pronunciation. Ta-da, the Hebrew language. And it means this when I see praise. And ta-da, it means this, an extension of the hand. Now, we already talked about one aspect of praise. And it said to extend your hand into praise. This is almost kind of like a recap. But it's a defining of what it means to raise your hand in worship. To praise God and extol to Him. Thanksgiving, a confession a sacrifice of praise, thanksgiving for the things not yet received. Not yet received. I love this aspect of praise because it's filled with anticipation. It's filled with hope. It's filled with expectation that God is going to move in your life even though you haven't seen it yet. That God's going to answer a prayer that you've been on your knees and you've been praying, God, I need you to move in my life or my family's life. I have a need. And it be transitions from the need to the praise saying, God, I thank you for what you are going to bring my way. Promises and blessings are sure to follow when you praise him with thanksgiving. 
And the question comes to my mind when I'm preparing this and saying, God, ta-da, how do I praise you in this way? Is God, have I ever done this? Have I ever thanked you for what I haven't seen yet, for the answers that you haven't given yet? Lord, have I been on my knees to just simply thank you in praise and adoration for what is to come? And I'll tell you, it's not very often Unfortunately, I think we've all gotten in the habit, maybe not all of us, but definitely me, where I get on my knees and I say, God, I have a need. God, here's a request. Lord, I'm struggling here. Lord, I need help here. Lord, my family here. Here's intercessory prayer. And it's all good things. They're great things, but they're not necessarily praise for what is going to happen. The, the prayer of praise of saying, God, I thank you for answering my prayer in advance. Listen, God answers your prayer 100, 100%. Now, does he answer your prayers as how you would want them answered? Here's the question. Are we praying for God to answer prayers to line up with the way that we want it answered? God, I'm asking you for this. Maybe that's not what he wants for you. And maybe his answer is totally different what you what you want. And so he's going to have you wrestle through that until the desires of your hearts changes more towards him and not yours. We're not trying to change God, God's desires to our desires. And sometimes we try and, and manipulate God's heart and saying, God, I need this, I want this, I know this is beneficial for me, so will you please give me what I need? And maybe God's saying, no, 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 I'm going to answer you in a totally different way, and you're not going to like it, but it's going to bless you fur- further than the answer that you're looking for. And so we begin to praise God and thank him for what he's going to do. And we leave the outcome to him. Can we do that? We just say, God, I thank you for your best interest in my life. And sometimes that can be hard when we're wrestling in prayer and answers because we just don't know. But he knows. And God's timing is perfect. So we rest in prayer. We rest in the answers that they are going to come. And we need to relinquish the yes and the no to God and let him be in control of that. And we thank God for the no, because if we would, we would have uh, uh, took this, this property and said, okay, 1.3 million, look, we wouldn't be in the spot right now where we have the, the, the five acres, which is exactly what we need for 1 million, and all those things that we have. So God protected us with the no. Years ago, we were looking for uh, a building to meet in, and it was the Pizza Pie Cafe building on Washington Boulevard, if you remember that. We were like, yes, God, this is it. Yes, God, we thank you. We praise you. And he said no on that. Thank goodness he said no on that. He protected and blessed us from a disaster, honestly. The rent was so high, we would have outgrown that building in a year. God knew, and in that moment, we're like, okay, Lord, this was hard, but we trust you. And then a year later, we're like, thank you, God. How many of you can say that in your life, that God, we thank God for answering prayers His way? Here's the thing. Are we just so set in our emotions that we, we thank God after it's already done? He's saying, why don't we just start, go ahead, we'll go ahead and start praising and thanking God before it happens. I mean, we know it's going to happen good anyways, so we might as well praise Him for it. We might as well thank him with our requests, and with our prayers, with our petition, with thanksgiving. We're going to thank him for his power, his provi- pr- provision, his protection, his promises, his timing. It's all perfect. So we might as well start now for what's going to happen, and that hasn't happened yet. 
We thank him for the past. We praise him. We tada. We lift up our hands and we say, God, I confess you're great. God, I confess you're holy. God, I confess that your ways are higher than my ways. And I don't have it all figured out. And I thank you for that. I thank you for the answers that are about to happen. I thank you that my son, who doesn't know you yet, that God, you're speaking to him now. And I thank you that you're going to speak to him and that you're going to have influences surrounding him. I thank you for the seeds that will be planted into his life. I thank you for the answers of prayer, Lord, over worry and anxiety, that they will be filled and obliterated uh, with hope that you will bring and comfort that you will bring in my future. You see, Tadah is all about a praise, a thanksgiving, a prayer with expectation and anticipation. I believe that that's what God wants to speak to us today. Pray and praise with anticipation and expectation. When we come to him and we especially praise, we praise him for what he's going to do in your life. You praise him for the answers that he's going to give in your life before it happens. It's more than just asking. It's more than just coming to him with needs. It's more than just saying, God, I need you. It is saying, God, I expect and I anticipated with great joy and hope. And my praise is saturated with your move in the future. I'm thanking God for the miracle of our property. I'm thanking God for the answers of prayer. I'm thanking God for his move. I'm thanking God for his protection in our future of this church, in our relationships, in our our marriages, in our families, and in individuals, in influence. And let me just say that when we're praying for our property, we're not praying for a piece of land. We're not just praying for four walls and a rooftop. This is a prayer for influence and impact into our community together. It's all about Jesus. It should only house the name of Jesus. It is only housing worship. So when we get to that place where we're building in a few years or a couple of years, whenever God allows us to do that, we get to have a greater impact into our city. This, this 2700 is the heartbeat of this community. You cannot get a better spot than what we've got right now. And we thank God for what he's going to do in the future. We praise God for what he's going to give us and protect us and provide for us in the future. It's going to be amazing. We know that God's hand is over this church and his blessings is going before us. It's already there. We thank God for the empty seats because we know somebody is going to fill that. Who needs to fill that? Somebody needs to hear the message and the gospel of hope that's not here yet. They're not here today, but they're going to be here next week. And the next week and every week, we got somebody new coming in here that are hearing the message of grace, forgiveness, empowerment, and confidence in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name alone. No other name will be preached except for the name of Jesus. No other name can heal and restore the brokenhearted than the name of Jesus. No other name will be preached. He is the pastor of this church, and he will continue to lead us. And there are people that we are praying for uh, that are going to be here. And I praise God for the stories that we haven't heard yet because we haven't experienced yet, and they don't even know it, but it's on the way. Amen? Your friends, your family in this place. It's an exciting time. And I love this. Uh, somebody said, this is the only time in our life where we'll, we, have, we have the great experience of faith. In heaven, faith no longer needs to be important in our life because we live 
in the reality of his presence. We live in the reality of God's God's, um, presence in heaven. Now, we see through a glass dimly, and we're operating off of faith, the relationship with God as he speaks to us in this way. And in faith, there is an expectancy and an anticipation that happens. The relationship and the marriage of God's spirit and our spirit together that is merging, that creates something wonderful, fantastic, something that is we get to hope for. And in that, there is an excitement and a readiness in our feet and a, and a challenge in front of us that I thrive on. One of the reasons why I love being a pastor because I love seeing God do the impossible. Walt, Walt Disney said, I kind of like doing the impossible. Well, I think God does too. He loves doing the impossible. I love being in the position to be able to see you and know you and know what God does in the impossible. Dan Catalan, God did the impossible in his life. Joni Vargas, she was, so, uh, she was in bad shape. If you know her, I thank you for your prayers and responses to that. She's in the hospital. She did not look good. There was something in her heart. They thought that she, they were going to have to do some major open heart surgery. And all they had to do was, after, the, after all the prayers, they went in. They just put a little shock on her heart, and it started beating, beating fine. They said, your arteries look great. Everything looks wonderful. We don't know what's going on, but we'll just go do this. She texted, and then Dan texted me yesterday. She was about ready to come to church today. She's feeling that good. There are praise reports happening all the time, and we're thanking God for what God is going to do. Thank God for what he's going to do in your future. He has your future. He holds it. He knows it, and he has prepared a way for you. Let's go ahead and praise him for the way that he has prepared for you is the best, because it is. And it's not ours. It's his. Some of the most exciting periods of our time is when we're waiting in anticipation and expectation. How many of you as a kid remember that long ago? where you were just waiting for Christmas Day to come, right? Waiting for your birthday, waiting for Easter, or whatever it was, end of summer, uh, it was like that waiting period. And I remember um, I was in seventh grade, and I've got this, uh, I love World War II, I love the stories of World War II, I've always been enthralled with that piece of history. It's something I've researched, and we've got family members, and I love hearing stories about that. And it's, it's always been there, but in seventh grade, um, there was a magazine and it was like um, there was a plate that an ar- artist had painted a picture of a P-38 lightning that was shooting down a Japanese Zero. And it was super cool. And it was like $25, but it also came with a certificate of, a, of the, uh, the painter's um, signature as well as the pilot, the Putt-Putt Maru. Okay, getting into it. But the pilot signed it too with their thumbprints on it. And I thought, that is awesome. It's so cool. Well, I ordered it. And, uh, I asked, you know, my parents helped me with all that. And, and I sent it off. And it was by snail mail and all that. And uh, they sent a letter a few weeks later, and I was crossing off the dates, and they said, we're back-ordered. It won't be coming for another month or two. They didn't really know because it was so popular. Well, they, in that time, I was expect I was checking the mail every single day, right? It was that and checking my report card in the mail. I was looking every day, and, okay, i got to get this. Part. But expectation and anticipation that it, something was coming, and I was excited for this to come and come and sure enough it came and I still have that and it's one of my favorite things because during the waiting period I anticipated and expected and I knew that something good was on the way and part of that waiting and expectation developed right your hope of what's to come your faith that something is sure to happen and when it comes it's going to be good how many of us need to ta-da and just praise God 
for what's going to happen because I promise he's got good things for you. And it's not my promise, it's his promise, right? I'm, just, I'm not speaking my words. These are God's words that hopefully is penetrating into our heart that sparks us into a greater area of praise and worship. And I will say, this church right now, we are already experiencing a deeper understanding. When we understand worship and praise a little bit more, there's a deeper, uh, a deeper sense of a spiritual level that is rising up into this church that we are coming to Him with praise, adoration, thanksgiving, and we are expressing our hearts to God, and he inhabits the praises of his people, us, us here and everywhere, amen? It is good things that are to come, and I love, I love how Jesus set the stage for anticipation and expectation. See, Jesus, he was in ministry for three and a half years, him and his closest friends, the 12 disciples. They were in ministry. They were feeding thousands of people. There's 20,000 men, women, and children that they fed and spoke to and preached to. There, were, there was healings going on. There were people being raised from the dead. In fact, their, their popularity just exploded. And these 12 guys, they stayed true to who they were and their relationship with Jesus. And they asked questions and wrestled. It was a wonderful time. And, and Jesus just spent every day. They knew the inflection of his voice. They knew his, how he interacted with them. They, they, they were able to, 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 to joke around with Jesus, just have laughter together and fun together. They shared meals together. The most incredible experience you could ever imagine in ministry. And after three and a half years of full-time ministry, Jesus just shook their world. He dies on a cross, and all of their theology and all the things that they thought they understood about Jesus as the Son of God just went topsy-turvy, and they didn't understand. They were confused. They were so confused. They were frightened, and they were afraid. Fear took over, and they were hiding. And in the middle of this, the three days, of course, Jesus Rises from the grave and defeats the enemy. Conquers hell. And he comes to the disciples. And he speaks to them and, they begin, and he begins ministering to them. For the next 40 days, Jesus is walking around and talking to people and teaching and instructing. And people everywhere are seeing him. And before he ascends into heaven, he gathers them together. You remember what he tells them? He says, I want you to go into all nations. Right? Make, the, make disciples of all nations. I want you to preach, and I want you to baptize in my name. But that wasn't the last thing he told them. Before he, he goes into heaven, he looks them in the eye. He said, I want you to wait. I've got something for you. I've got a promise for you. I want you to go, and I want you to wait for it. So he didn't leave them in their dread. He didn't leave them in their fear. He didn't leave them in, in a loss. He left them with the hope anticipation I want you to go and wait because I have something good for you I have a gift that I want to give you so the disciples and, and, and others they get together and they're excited they see Jesus ascended to heaven and he says wait I'm going to come back but I've got a gift for you in the meantime that's going to help you and I can't imagine that scene as Jesus is just gone ascending before them and all of a sudden they're standing around like oh my gosh there's a gift that he wants to give us they had no clue 
the Holy Spirit, right, was exactly going to be coming what they needed, a teacher and a helper. They even get, Jesus spoke to them what, they, what it was going to be, but they were coming in anticipation. What's this gift that, that's going to be sent to us? So they go to the upper room, and those of us who are going to Israel, we're going to be there in that room, and we're going to praise God, and it's going to be amazing, and it's going to be incredible, and I'm so excited for us to be in that place and in presence and just kind of soak in the reality of this of waiting in expectation and anticipation for what God is going to give, what God was going to do, what he was going to provide. And in that moment, they're waiting. They didn't know if it was going to be 10 minutes, 10 days, or when. Jesus didn't give them a timeline. He just said, I want you to go and wait for my gift that I'm going to send you. So in that room, they're praying, they're praising, and they're waiting. And many times we're thinking of waiting on God as like a negative or the desert, but maybe we can transfer our mind just a little bit and say, man, in the waiting period, it's the most exciting time because you're waiting for something that's going to happen. That in that desert, there will be streams. There will be a path that he will reveal to you, and he will give you answers, and it's on the way. I love that setup of how Jesus promotes praising him with anticipation and expectation. Psalm 141 says, Let my prayer be as the evening sacrifice that burns like fragrant incense, rising as my offering to you as I lift my hands in surrendered worship. When we surrender our worship over to him, we surrender the outcomes, we surrender the scoreboard, we give it over to him, and we let God have control of the victory. And so when you tell God he is your victory, you are praising him for the answers that you haven't seen, right? Thank God for the victory when you only see loss. Thanking God that he's your healer when all you see is a condition. Praising God for being your confidence when only you see despair right now. And when you resign your feelings and your emotions and you put your trust in who God is and His Word and His promises, He releases us into a waiting period of hope and expectation instead of apprehension. So we praise God with thanksgiving and we believe like God is going to meet our, our needs and our prayers and our praise. Thank you, Lord, for the strength that we will receive. Thank you, God, for the hope that we will have. We thank you, God, for the endurance that you are creating. Thank you, Lord, for the answers that are on the way. These are prayers that we can say, and these are praises that we can sing, and that we can have in our hearts that we can praise God and praise God by living like God is going to answer our prayers, believing in Him like He does answer, hear and answer our prayers. And giving a sacrifice of praise to Him is important. God answers our prayers, and He hears our prayers, and He is in our future. This is the aspect of Tadal. There's a person in our church, and before I call her up, and this couple, she's been living this Tadal, the praise of something that is not yet received. Praise of an answer to prayer. A praise of thanksgiving in worship, in praise, extending hands, a confession of faith in praise 
And in this moment, God has revealed to her and revealing and speaking and moving her through the storm and through the unknown. God has made himself certain in her life. And I've asked her to come share uh, with us today what she has been experiencing specifically in the Hebrew word of, of praise, Tadah. And April, I just want to say thank you for coming up here. Let's give April a round of applause as she comes and shares. Let's, let's stay up here. We're going to, um, is it okay if we do this again? We, we prayed over you guys. Um, listen, um, marriages, marriages are under attack all the time, all the time. And if you're married, be, be praying for each other. And it is, it is, a, it is something that is God-ordained, and when anything that is God-ordained, it's going to be attacked. And this couple has been under attack. And just like all of us who have been married for any amount of time, right? There's attacks that will happen because Satan wants to divide and separate and destroy. And in this, I didn't know it was her one-year anniversary, their, their one-year anniversary today. This, she, I said, hey, would you be willing to share? I know it's a little bit fr fresh things that, you know, about what God is speaking to you. And she said, well, it's my one-year anniversary this Sunday. So um, I think, I think that, that that's no mistake. And so I said, okay, this is like your, your almost your, your, your vow renewals today, you know, is standing up here and saying, God is, God is Lord over your life. And God is speaking to you both. And Zach, I just want to say, it's incredible the way that you have also responded 
to um, how God has pulled you from one place and he's brought you out of that where Satan has tried to destroy things. God is moving and sharpening you and April. And together, you guys will be conquerors in uh, your voice as a spokesperson to couples that are struggling and having hardship and even despair that seem impossible, you can say with a clear voice that where there seems to be no way, God will make a way. This is what God does. God will take the pain, and when you use it into his hand, you give it to him, he will give you the platform. And that's what's happening is the voice of God of forgiveness, of grace, and restoration. And as long as you always point your praise over to God and worship and understand that it's only by His power that, that things can be restored in the name of Jesus, then He will continue to use you. Let's pray over this couple together. Let's stand together as we pray over Zach and April because they're taking a stand today. For what God is doing, and anytime Satan sees that, he's going to want to throw his attacks, but you don't have to fear, because God will cover and strengthen you. Father, we thank you for the power and the miracle of restoration. Jesus, it is only by you that we find healing. By your stripes, this marriage has been healed. We thank you that there is no condemnation or guilt, but God, there is only a hope and a fresh start and a new beginning. Right. We thank you, God, that, we, that, that they have called upon you for their marriage and that you have come in and wrapped your arms around them and placed your shield before them that the fiery darts do not take hold. In Jesus' name, right. that from here on forward, God, that love abounds, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. And it does not boast. It is not self-seeking. God, it does not... Uh, it, does not, it is not envious, but God, it promotes and it believes and it hopes in all things. I pray this over their marriage in the name of Jesus. Complete wholeness, healing, restoration, and continued covering in Jesus' name. Bind them together, together a stronger force in Jesus' name. Bless them, Zach and April, in their marriage. And together we said... Amen. Amen. All of us. All of us just said a yes and amen to you guys. A blessing and a prayer over you. Amen. I love you. Stay standing. I'm going to close with two scripture verses that I think apply when we praise God. Psalm 56. What harm can man do to me? With God on my side, I will not be afraid of what comes. My heart overflows with praise to God and for His promises. I will always trust in Him. So I am thanking you with all my heart, with gratitude for all you've done. I will do everything I've promised you, Lord. Basically, he's saying, I, I have promised to praise you, and I will continue to praise you. I will continue to put my hope in you. And everything that I said when I said I would follow you, Lord, I would trust you, I promise I will continue. It doesn't matter what man puts before me. It doesn't matter what struggles. It doesn't matter what trials. It doesn't matter what temptation. It doesn't matter how many times I fall. I will always put my hope in your promises and trust 
in you, O God. And in Psalm 20, some find their strength in weapons and wisdom and what they've learned. But my miracle, deliverance, can never be won by men. You see, all of our boast is in the Lord our God, who makes us strong and gives us victory. He gives you the victory, and He's already given you the victory ahead. Amen? There's victory ahead in the name of Jesus. It's nowhere else. So if you're struggling and you're fighting and you're wrestling, know that God's promises are waiting. And we praise Him with anticipation, expectation to meet those good promises that He has for us. What a wonderful way to live. Amen? There's no other way. I don't want to live in defeat. I want to live in the hope. And the hope is found in Him. And we can rest assured that when He speaks something, it will come to fruition. And He promises you a hope and a future. Not of trouble, right? But He promises to bless you. Thank you, God, for your blessings with your future. We thank you for your, the hope that we have in you. And God, when we do meet trouble, you're there. And you, and you are with us and you protect us. We thank you that the peace of promise that you have given us, God, that we can seek you and you provide for us a peace that surpasses all understanding, all human wisdom. When, God, you meet us every time. Lord, as we praise you, with a voice of thanksgiving of what's to come, filled with faith that is an anthem of trusting and hope and uh, knowing that you're going to meet every need that we have that comes before us. We bless you and we praise you. And as a church, as Northview Church, let our lips ring out and our praise ring out. Faith, hope, and love. And we expect you to move in our lives and the people's lives around us. Use our church as a motivating force of these three areas. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for listening. For more information on Northview Church, please visit northviewutah.com.